National parks seem to be the center of a lot of controversy as of late. Whether it be a missing 411 case or it be some sort of strange cryptid sighting, these areas seem to be hiding something more sinister. Welcome back to the swamp, my friends. It's good to see you made it back for another episode. Today I'm going to be sharing some creepy, and allegedly true, National Park Horror Stories. As always, if you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, be sure to submit it at swampdweller.net, or the email you can find in the description down below. I'm always looking for new stories to share. I try to upload every single day, so if you're new, be sure to hit the subscribe button, and don't forget to hit that like button as it helps me out a ton. Now, let's get into these creepy and allegedly true National Park Horror Stories. Hi Swamp Dweller, before I start this story off I just wanted to say I love and admire your work. It must be tough to narrate and edit so many stories. Anyways, let's jump right into this. Before I start I just want to say I have never experienced anything paranormal, so to speak, except for a very few strange but very mild happenings. I have always struggled with insomnia, vivid detailed nightmares and anxiety, so it was no surprise to me when I woke up to another terrifying dream, warning you. This may sound ridiculous, but again, all my dreams are very vivid and have detailed plot lines and dialogue. Some from when I was very young, I still remember to this day. In this dream, my brother and I were walking along a very familiar path in a national park next to my house. For context, I live in Australia. We take walks in it almost every single day. Our home, our mother, came crashing in and told us we were in grave danger going to be punished for stealing something that belonged to someone else. Again, I know it's ridiculous, but just bear with me here. Afterward, I took a solo walk along that same path and saw what looked to be a brown-haired girl in long, white, mud-stained dress suddenly appeared in front of me, blocking the path. She had no distinct features I can remember, except for a very angry, judgmental expression. As usual, I woke up with a start at around 6 a.m., it recounted the dream in my journal. That night, as per routine, I took my dog out on a walk at around 6.30pm, around my neighborhood, stopping at the gate at the very same path from my dream. Again, like I said, we live very close to this national park. Even when I was nearing it, the hairs on the back of my neck stood up and my whole body felt tense. But now, I was shaking and had this unshakable feeling that I shouldn't be here. Not to mention my dog who is usually calm and stoic and very collected, was whining and pulling back on her lead. How stupid and irrational, I thought. How many times had I taken this path? Had we taken it as a family, and I hadn't given it a second thought? But now every sense was telling me to run as far as my legs would carry me. Now I know this is cliche and very foolish, but I ignored this feeling. All of them. I pulled my dog forward, though it took some effort through the gate and started walking. Immediately, another family rounded the corner and started walking toward us. They stared, fixated as we passed each other. My dog was growling, but I didn't think too much of it. We continued along the path, and by this time, this foreboding feeling had faded just a little bit. As we passed a meadow and into the trees, the strangest thing that's possibly ever happened to me occurred. It was like both the clouds and trees parted, revealing a massive ray of sunlight streaming down onto the path and all around us, 
illuminating everything in my sight. Now, this may not seem too strange, but remember, this is around 7pm in July in Australia. The sun had gone down well around a half an hour ago, not to mention the sense of peace and reassurance I got when it all happened, like everything was going to be alright. I can't tell you more about this experience, because there's nothing really more to tell, except for the fact that I cannot get it out of my head. The next few stories are very brief. Throughout my life, I have had many times where I have recognized something that happened during my day as something identical to a dream. This can range from reading something in a newspaper, an, an article, or, or even to meeting someone new, or even as simple as walking down an unfamiliar street. One time was extremely creepy, and it left me scared. I was at my grandmother's house playing some board game one night when I got that overwhelming and overpowering feeling that I have been here before. It was triggered by something she had said. How could this possibly be? She hadn't said anything remotely profound and I had never played this game before. In fact, she had just bought it that day. It might not sound like anything creepy, but for some reason, that horrible and foreboding feeling I felt in that National Park Trail came back. I haven't gone back in weeks, and I kind of feel sort of bad for my grandma. If this makes it into a video, I hope whoever is listening to this enjoyed these stories and can help provide a logical explanation that would be helpful. This is an account of my experience last week while camping. I would leave my location out for privacy reasons. Last week, I decided to go camping at a nearby national park. I'm an experienced camper, and I have camped this spot dozens of times. I parked in the designated parking spot for campers and grabbed my gear. I headed off into the wilderness. I normally like to get away from people. I can cover 20 miles in a day, but I don't normally do that every time. I had been walking for about 5 hours, so it was a 5-hour hike from my car. I knew I was far from the normal tourist and family gatherings. That was my intention. It was close to sundown, and everything started to get dark. Walking along the trail in the forest, it gets pitch black very fast. I had not seen another person for quite a few hours. I had a pretty good idea that I was alone, and the chances of coming across another person was very small. As late as it was, and as far off as I was. I was walking to where I was going to set up my tent for the night and I could only see roughly about 10 feet in front of me, and it was getting darker by the minute. Eventually, it would be pitch black, and there would be no lights out here. Normally, the only light is from your fire, or flashlight, or cell phone. As I was walking, I heard what sounded like footsteps coming just behind my available light, off in the trees about 40 yards away. I stopped to listen, and tried to figure out exactly what it was. I stood there, scanning the distance, but the noise had stopped. I then spotted what looked like a dark figure standing behind or next to a tree. I couldn't tell which. Whatever it was, it was just standing there. I couldn't make out the shape very well, so I thought it was a deer. I stood there quietly looking at it. I must admit I was pretty scared. Being alone and so far from any help, I was definitely more than a little spooked. I've heard stories of murderers who attack unsuspecting campers or hikers in some national parks because of how vast the area is and how vulnerable the people are being away from civilians. I stood there for a few minutes, scared that it was going to start coming towards me. I was not sure what it was, 
I didn't know if it was a wild animal. I mean, yo, those can attack people too. I decided to turn around, keeping my eyes on the mysterious dark figure. I was scared that it was going to follow me. I knew I couldn't walk all night five hours back to my car in the dark. I was tired and didn't want to make any light. My plan was to stay quiet and lay on the ground until dawn. I would sleep if everything was kosher. I walked about a football field away until I could not see it anymore and unrolled my sleeping bag. I laid there looking in the direction and listening. About 45 minutes went by and I heard footsteps in the distance. My heart began racing because I could not see anything at this point. I didn't know if it was an animal. Whatever it was would take a few steps and stop. Take a few steps and stop. Over and over. I couldn't see, but from the direction of the noise, whatever it was walked by my side, about 15 yards away, then crossed in front of me. Then, it stopped. It was very close. My heart was beating so fast I swear it was going to burst. I was sure it could hear me breathe. It kept going as it crossed in front of me and walked further away. Whatever it was had come very close to me. I laid there, too scared to move. I couldn't hear anything. For all I knew, it was standing still right by me. I heard no noises, no human sounds or animals. Only the sound of leaves and sticks being walked on. From that time, it crossed in front of me and headed off away from me. And the time I couldn't hear anything. I managed to get my nerves enough to get up and walk back to my car. I did not hear or see anything since hearing it come that close to me as it crossed my path and headed off in the other direction. I made it to my car and where the other cars were. The sun was close to coming and I fell asleep in my car eventually. I could hear people talking and kids laughing as I slept, so I felt safe. I know, not any blood and guts, but this was still a very creepy story. I don't know what it was, I don't know how to explain it. It could have been an animal. I'm just glad that it didn't find me and do something terrible to me. If anybody in the comments down below has any idea what this could have been, please let me know. This happened a few years ago in a campground in Florida. I visit this campground every two years, and I was very familiar with it at this point. It's right next to my favorite national park. This is the first time anything like this has ever happened to me, though. This campground is inside the national park, like I said, so there's a thick forest surrounding it. My cousin and I left the cabin and went on a walk down the road and through the woods at sunset. Roughly a mile or so in, we go off the road and into an area that I'm not very familiar with. It was a roundabout type road with trimmed weeds in the middle. The roundabout has two roads to it. The one we entered from and another one that leads to an area I'm not very familiar with. To the left of the roundabout was a large cabin my family frequently rented out for events. To the right was a picnic area, gazebo, and such that overlooked a pond. We were surrounded by dense, thick forest. My cousin and I go to the gazebo to talk and watch the gorgeous sunset over the pond. We found the fuse box for the gazebo and turned it on for a little extra light while we talked. After a while, darkness started to catch up with us, and we realized the area looked like a perfect spot for a horror film. So, we decided to turn off the light and head back to cabin. As I was in the center of a national park, there were no light poles or street lights. It was pitch black save for our phone flashlights. 
Once we turned off the gazebo, we noticed something that shouldn't be there. In the middle of the roundabout area was a green light and orb suspended about five feet in the air. It was about the size of a grapefruit, and it didn't move. There was nothing in the roundabout that could produce light, and the light didn't illuminate anything or look like it was attached to anything. My cousin and I were a little freaked out by this and make our way towards the road avoiding the orb as much as we can. A short way down the road we realized we had no idea where we were and that we went down the wrong road. We return to the roundabout area and the orb is still there. Unfortunately, the road we needed to get to was on the other side, meaning we would have to pass this light about six feet away to get to it. We tried our best to walk by and with a closer look, I still could not see the source of this light. We eventually returned to the cabin and all was good again. That was my first and only time being in that area at night. I didn't take photos because I feared being in pitch black woods in the middle of the night and I was too busy using my phone's flashlight to make sure I didn't accidentally step on a snake. That night, I googled for any paranormal activity in that campground and that national park and only came up with random articles saying the devil appears in insert campground name here type of stories. Nothing really explains the orb though. I asked my friend about it and he said it was probably an animal spirit, but it was very motionless. It was just suspended in the air, just glowing bright green. This has left me feeling extremely shaken, and I'd love some opinions, especially from someone with experience. Last year, I had a very strange experience in a national forest out in California. I was by myself on a road trip with my dog, and I was driving far into the Mendocino National Forest. I like to camp in national parks and forests because it's isolated, so my dog can roam and they are free of charge. A trade-off for the sketchy, rough drive into the park sometimes, and the lack of service and assistance. Anyway... I was driving up this dirt road kind of curling up a mountain. It was roughly around 5pm if I had to guess. It was very nice out, sunny, and warm with a slight breeze. Nothing serious happened, but I felt extremely uncomfortable driving into the area, and that feeling did not let up. Driving up the mountain, I felt like I shouldn't stay there, and I even texted my boyfriend about it for as long as I could before my phone completely lost service. I was looking for a sign of another person having been around the area lately, but didn't see anything. I pulled over and got out of my car, and with my dog, to go look over to the edge and noticed a dead squirrel and some broken glass mixed in with the dirt and gravel road. Yucca, my dog, starts to growl slightly. She is vocal, but I've almost never heard her growl. I did see her growl at a possum once, I guess, so it could be something she smelled. This place continued to make me feel quite on edge, but I pride myself in being an independent traveler and backpacker, so I decided to continue at least a bit further with my grumbling pup to see if I could find a good place to camp. I continued to notice more animals. Dead animals. Keep in mind, no one is going to be going more than 5 to 10 miles per hour up this road, and that's if there's anyone even here. Suddenly, I hear men's voices. They sound close, and I think I should call out to them, so I stop my car, but I kind of freeze up and feel like I should not. I really cannot for the life of me make out what they were saying. 
I do not see any sign of people anywhere, and I get back in my car and continue to slowly drive forward and cautiously look for where the voices could be coming from. I've never run into other people in a national park or forest when I've gone this deep in. The unsettling feeling grows in the voices, which have sort of come and gone a few times, and I give up and begin to turn my car around. Honestly, I do not remember how Yucca was acting on the way down. I was scared and focused on getting out of there safely. I just distinctly remember being surprised at her grumbling when we were standing outside of my car. Kind of dangerously quickly, I went back down the mountain not seeing any sign of anyone. I decided to spring for luxury and get a hotel for the night. I figured it was just fine. It was just a huge and open space and it can be intimidating, I told myself. The voices could have been echoing from somewhere far off and they just sounded close. Animals die, glass gets broken, nothing happens. Cool. But I remember this place. It sticks with me. Whenever I'm watching scary movies, if I'm walking my dog in the woods at night, nothing compares to the feeling I had driving up that mountain and that national park. It honestly kind of interests me sometimes, but it always has me frightened. I recently happened across some information, as well as some Native American lore that made me feel extremely uneasy. Fast forward a year. I've mentioned this place to a few people and the haunting vibes it gave me, but nothing much more. I googled the national park once or twice and didn't see much of anything that looked like it matched my story. I like scary movies and I like things of that nature, hence my fascination with this whole event. So my boyfriend and I were coming up on finishing our road trip just yesterday. We were in Wyoming for a wedding. There were only two to three hours left and the sun had set, so we decided to listen to some scary podcast and YouTube videos. We went from the No Sleep podcast to the X-Files and ended up on a Swamp Dweller video dealing with Native American lore. I'm half paying attention, petting my dog, playing Pokemon on the emulator. And I hear the narrator mention Wendigos. Very briefly, the narrator says what they are and casually mentions they can mimic voices. I mean... When I say the most horrible chills I had ever had in my life crawl down my spine, I stare at my boyfriend and ask him if he remembers that national forest I was freaked out about last year. He says he does, and he reminds me that he texted me I was probably close to a Wendigo. And he did do that. I remember him saying that, but didn't know much about their lore and thought he was just trying to scare me. You know, some funny Bigfoot stuff. He was like, no, I, I mean, I was mostly joking, but... I said it specifically because you said you were hearing voices that you couldn't find a trace of. I feel strange and I start googling Wendigos, etc. They are allegedly able to mimic human voices and they would live in that sort of area. It all matched up. Obviously, there's a ton of questionable info out there, but I tried to find more reputable websites and authentic experiences, which is how I found this show. I then specifically looked up missing persons in the area and the first headline that catches my eye is, Another family goes missing in Mendocino. And I thought that this was very reminiscent of what I went through. I went through different websites and news articles of people going missing, but they are all a little hidden underneath national park websites and pictures of trees. I remember looking up the forest about a year ago and didn't see anything, and realized these stories didn't seem to be talked about much, which also piqued my intuition. It was stated that well over 100 people in the past 8 years have gone missing, and had not been found on top of many who are found dead. It just was my intuition, super spiked, remembering how safe I, uh, I felt and how much I wanted to get out of there at any means necessary. 
it still terrifies me to this day to think about. And even though it was just a storytelling video, those stories originate from somewhere. I have done a lot of solo traveling both in and out of the country, and I have never had such a bad feeling. On top of seeing such an unnecessary number of dead animals in a national forest, just seems so strange. I live in a small city here in Arizona. About 40 miles or so to the north is the city of Phoenix, as well as the Tonto National Park. But to the south, it's pretty much all desert as far as the eye can see. A lot of the outdoorsy type people opt to go hiking in the mountains of Tonto or along the Salt River near Roosevelt, but I much prefer the Sonora Desert. There's something peaceful about being out there and nothing beats rambling through the mesas listening to Horse With No Name to relieve stress after a busy work week. But if there's one thing I've learned from hiking out there, it's to stick to the lowlands. Because there are people hiding among the bluffs out there that you really don't want to run into. And this is my own personal encounter with one of them that took place a few years ago. So a couple of years ago, I went hiking in the Tonto National Park. It's unusually hot for this late afternoon, and I'm starting to run out of water. I usually start heading back to my car when my canteen starts to run low. As you can imagine, it's not safe being out in the desert with no water. But I was in a real hiking mood. I had more than my usual amount of stress to burn off, and I honestly didn't really feel like turning around just yet. Then, right as I'm deciding whether to actually call it a day or not... I see something shining out from a hilltop not too far away. It looked like a little blinking light coming from the direct east. And it took me a moment to realize it was a lens flare from a pair of binoculars. I figured it was another hiker, maybe even a group of them, and that if I asked nicely, I might be able to bum a little water off them so I could continue my hike. So I pick up the pace, winding through the cacti in hopes that I could catch them on the hilltop. It's tough going, and I'm sweating like a turkey during holiday season by the time I'm halfway up the hill. But I'm determined to reach the top before they depart, imagining that I might be able to make myself some new hiking buddies in the process. But when I finally reach the top, there's no one to be found. The place was completely deserted. I take a little look around, and I don't see anyone. Yet I do find evidence that someone had in fact been there at some point, and rather recently too. I see all these gearboxes covered in camouflage material, canvas bags shoved into cracks in the boulders, solar panels sitting out in the sun, and even a kitchen with a stove set up under a rock overhang where there was a fire still burning. It was a full-on campsite on the top of that hill, with a commanding view of the surrounding area. Only it was just a matter of minutes ago that I had seen the lens flare coming down from what I assumed was this exact site. It was about then that I got this eerie feeling that I was being watched from somewhere, and it didn't take long for me to discover how that feeling wasn't entirely without reason. Manos arriba, cabron, someone said from behind me in a gruff but chilling calm voice. Uh, I, I know enough Spanish to be able to recognize that this meant hands up, and punctuating those words was the unmistakable sound of someone locking and loading a gun of some description. Por favor, no disperse, I said, as I raised my trembling hands into the air. Please don't shoot me. 
The person then said something else in Spanish, something I didn't understand, but the fact that they then pushed me down onto my knees clued me in that it wasn't good. I thought that was it for me. You have no idea how easy it would have been for them to just shoot me, right then and there, before leaving my body out in the desert for the vultures and coyotes. Had they done so, there's a good chance no one would have ever found me, not in one piece anyway. But instead of just straight up executing me, this mysterious person began to pat me down for weapons. Then, when they were happy that I wasn't carrying any, they emptied my pockets of my wallet, phone, and car keys. Policia, they asked suddenly. The words were muffled, and I could tell without turning that there was something covering their face. No, no, no Policia, no Estoy Policia, I said insistently, realizing that my life was depending on them believing my response to their question. There was every chance they might just put a bullet in the back of my head. Better to be safe than sorry. But no bullet came. Instead, I heard them speaking in Spanish again. Something that was too fast for me to understand. I thought it was another question or statement directed at me until I heard someone's voice coming over a radio set. Someone this person was obviously communicating with. I strained my ears to try to pick up what they were saying, knowing that my safety probably depended on whatever reply they were giving but again I could barely make out a word. It was a dumb thing to do, but out of my curiosity, it just got the better of me for a moment. I found myself turning slowly to try to get a better look at the guy behind me. I only caught a little glimpse of the guy before he aimed his weapon at me and barked something. I believe don't look at me was probably what he said, but I vividly remember what he was wearing. Besides the ski mask that I figured he was wearing, he basically had a full military garb on. Combat boots, khakis, a tactical vest, and he held spare magazines for his rifle. As well as what looked like smoke grenades. I had no idea what he was doing up there. Being so well equipped. But whatever it was, he meant business. The next thing I know, he throws my wallet and water bottle and car keys down in front of me. Then holds my driver's license up to my face. You talk, you die. He says in broken English before ordering me to my feet and dismissing me with a curt, Vamos. I did as I was told, utterly terrified that this mysterious gunman now knew my name and my home address and would also be able to share such information with whoever his supervisors were. Naturally, I had absolutely no intention of reporting him to the police, and I never told a single soul about this story. Until now. And I only do so under relative anonymity, because when I got home from that hike... I did a little research on who that guy could have been, and what I found out absolutely terrified me. One of the first things I read online was an NBC article from 2011, which detailed how the Sinaloa cartel was sending scouts up into the hills around the Sonora Desert and the surrounding national parks. They were trying to track movement and activities of law enforcement, the article said that these cartel surveillance teams will camp up in the hills for sometimes two whole months at a time, and there were thought to be up to two to three hundred operatives working out there at any given time. They are even equipped with highly sophisticated military gear, like night vision goggles and radio encryption equipment. I realized it was one of these guys that I ran into on my hike, and that I had been extremely lucky to have gotten away. If that guy had even suspected I was a DEA agent or something, and not some dumb hiker who was walking somewhere he shouldn't have been, I'd have had my bones picked clean by desert scavengers before the weekend was out. I won't lie. I'm no tough guy, 
and the whole experience most certainly put me off hiking around the desert for a while, as it was frankly one of the most terrifying experiences of my entire life. My first time back was a little nerve-wracking, and I couldn't help but keep my eyes off the hills, just looking for that telltale glare of the binoculars of someone watching me. Thanks for listening to these creepy and allegedly true National Park Horror Stories. If you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, be sure to submit your story at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I'd love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. It's stories like yours that help keep this show going on a daily basis. If you enjoyed this video, please be sure to hit that like button as it helps me out a ton. The more likes this episode gets, the more YouTube promotes it in the algorithm, and that's incredibly helpful to the swamp. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcast or another podcast platform, please be sure to give this a 5-star review, as it helps us a ton over there. If you're new to the swamp, why not join us? Hit the subscribe button and turn on notifications to never miss a new episode, as I upload them nearly every single day on all things natural and supernatural. If you're on the go and don't have YouTube Premium, but still want to download and listen to your favorite Swamp Dweller scary stories no matter where you are, you can download them absolutely free from Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, and just about every other place you find your favorite podcast online. If you would like to support the Swamp outside of hitting that like button, subscribing, and giving us a 5-star rating on iTunes, maybe check out the merch store. I've got t-shirts, hoodies, face masks, and more. I'd love to see you guys wearing some cool swamp threads. I'd love to know in the comments down below what story tonight was your favorite. Come join me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and I'll see you all soon with another creepy video.